Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 2, Episode 66. Do you know the best way to get a message across? The way that gets buy-in and ultimately keeps your top talent in your camp? If you're thinking of the old saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, well, great. And that's exactly what Allison Shapira brought to the Business Impact Series in Episode 49. Check out her excellent strategies. The link to episode 49 with Allison is in the show notes. And then, when you've got Allison's gems under your belt, you are ready to level up. Because when you understand that there's another piece to that old saying, you communicate at a new level. So what is the new piece? It's this. It's not what you say, it's how you say it so your audience can see it. Saying it so your audience can see it is the secret to success. Why? Well, as humans, sight is the sense we rely on most. In fact, we perceive up to 80% of all impressions through our sense of sight. So then, how do we say it so our audience can see it? That's exactly what today's guest shows us. Todd Churches is the CEO of Big Blue Gumball and the author of Visual Leadership. Listen and learn how to avoid the pitfalls of proximity bias. How to retain top talent using the flipping the eye strategy. And how to build positive culture with the four buckets of visual leadership. Listen to this insightful conversation with Todd Churches, the author of Visual Leadership. Hello, Todd, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Hey, Tara. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are welcome. I've been looking forward to our conversation, Todd. I saw you give a talk on your topic, uh, you know, and, and the topic of your new book, Visual Leadership. And I have to tell you, it just, it was like, and, and here we go, it was like a bomb going off in my head of like, wow, that is exactly so on point, especially for where we are in the world right now, where, you know, if you think about it, uh, I think the, the stakes of communication are higher than ever, right? I mean, the way you send a message can mean uh, the difference between that employee sticking with you or, you know, going off to your competitor. Yeah. Um, and so 
when I saw you talk, I said, oh my gosh, I have to get Todd onto the podcast. And I've had another one of our National Speakers Association uh, colleagues on to talk about communication. Um, You may know her, Alison Shapira, and she really talked about how to communicate with impact and gave some really solid tactical uh, things to do to improve communication. And I think um, what you're talking about just dovetails and really brings all of that up to a new level. So I really want to get into this idea of a visual leadership here. So what I'd like to ask Todd, if we can sort of start out with you telling us what you're seeing and hearing in, in your work, in, in, you know, as a, a consultant and coach, uh, how things are going, you know, as I just mentioned, the great reshuffled, we have supply line shortages. There's the whole, where's your office kind of layer of uh, my home and my, you know, uh, hybrid, am I sitting in front of zoom? Um, if you could kind of key us into that and then give us your insights. And then if we can end up with some concrete strategies to really help leaders, you know, maintain the success that they want in this ever-changing environment. So does that sound all right? Can we that start sounds it? great. That sounds like a lot to cover in like just 12 hours, but uh, we'll <laughs> see what, well, luckily I'm, we're New Yorkers, so we talk fast and I'm sure we'll pack a lot in. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So basically my company is called Big Blue Gumball. We do management leadership, consulting training, and executive coaching. And I also teach leadership at NYU and Columbia. At NYU, I teach leadership in the HR master's program. And at Columbia, I teach leadership for Broadway stage managers in their MFA theater program. So whoever I'm talking to um, is wrestling with the same issues and challenges, but from different directions. So, and one of the things I always say is that everyone's a leader, regardless of whether or not you have direct reports or not. We all have to, even if we're just leading and managing our own lives. So we need to communicate. We need to be able to have a vision. We need to be able to turn that vision into reality. Um, there's an acronym called VUCA that many people know, not everyone does, V-U-C-A, that we're living in a world that is VUCA, that is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Mm. And with everything going on today between the pandemic and the situation around the world, it is hype, I call it hyper VUCA because it's more VUCA than ever, right? So in yeah. terms of, as a leader, I actually wrote a blog post. You know how in Seinfeld, George Costanza do the opposite? You know, so I wrote a blog post called leaders in a VUCA world, leaders need to do the opposite. So in a world of volatility, leaders need to figure out a way to find some calm and create a sense of calm in their people, because otherwise you're in a state of anxiety and panic all the time. Oh, you make bad decisions and take do things that you regret later. Yes, I I can relate to that 100 percent, because uh, even just from my topic of sleep, people when they when they're stressed and and have more things than they can fit into the day they tend to sacrifice their sleep and it's like no go back to that that calm you know the thing that will give you the calm so totally on board yeah if you're overtired and you're not well rested then you you know your brain you're just in that fog right so so in in the world of volatility leaders need to create a sense of calmness in the world of uncertainty we we don't know anything or or everything or even anything sometimes, but you need to figure out what are we cert- at least certain about some things, right? So separate what we're certain about versus what we were uncertain about and just acknowledge that, get that elephant in the room out there on the table and address mm-hmm. it. In the world of complexity, we need to find a way to simplify, right? Not strip things down uh, of their nuance and, and, and subtlety, but just figure out a way in this world of complexity to kind of simplify things to the point where we can manage it, wrap our heads around it. And then in terms of um, ambiguity, we need to find some clarity in that fog. So, all right. So let's just recap all that. Cause yeah. I'm sure that's a lot. So we're talking yeah. VUCA, the V stands for volatility. So we are saying instead of 
uh, to counter the volatility. We need to calm things down. Good. And then the U is uncertainty, right? We need so to, to separate what we're certain about from what we're not. Beautiful. The C, remind me again, was complexity. complexity. Thank you. So we need to try to simplify things without awesome. dumbing them down, but just try to, how do we keep it simple? Yes. And then the A, ambiguity. And we need to find some clarity. Perfect. All right. So now we've got the VUCA down. So yeah. go ahead and tell us, let, go ahead and continue. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, one of the questions I posed for my NYU students in, in session one of my 14 session course is what keeps you up at night and what gets you up and out of bed in the morning? Right. You know, yeah, yeah. So and that free, question, what keeps you up at night is in fact, the whole reason that we do this business impact series, because yeah. we know leaders are losing sleep over this. Yeah. So it's a great question. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. Yeah, it's like one of the things that when you're laying in bed at three in the morning that are just percolating in your head and, and just kind of keeping you up, but also what gets you up and out in the morning? We have challenges, but what motivates you? What inspires you to go out and make a difference and make a change? So, um, and when we find these things as a leader, when you know what these things are for your people, it's you could set them up for success and motivate them because you could support them. And if you don't know that, then you're just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. So I think mm -hmm. that's why it's important to have these conversations and have one-on-ones with our people and find out what those issues and challenges and stressors are, but also what their motivators are as well. Good. And, you know, and I love how you just said, otherwise you're just throwing stuff at the wall, yeah. because I know that that is exactly what you talk about in visual leadership, yeah. you know, the way you just phrase that. So, all right, good. Yeah. So, uh, so those are some of the key concepts in terms of issues and challenges and some real life examples. One of my best friends and colleagues, he was commuting two hours every day from Long Island, each way from Long Island to New York City. Mm -hmm. And after not doing that in the pandemic, he said, what was I doing? That's four hours a day of sitting on the train. I don't want to do that anymore. So yeah. even though he misses the camaraderie of the office and meeting with people in person, he's like, I'm willing to do that one or two days a week, but not five days a week anymore. And I want to be home for my kids foot, you know, baseball league game or my daughter's recital. I missed all these events because I was on the train. Right. Yeah. So people are reevaluating. So one of the things that's keeping people up at night is the stress of right. How do I negotiate that with my boss? You know, a lot of leaders want to turn the calendar back to 2019 and pretend this whole thing never happened. Mm. But I keep saying using visual metaphors, the cat's out of the bag, the trains left the station and the toothpaste <laughs> is out of the tube. And we're not going <laughs> backwards as right. much as a lot of managers want to try to do that. So now what? Right. So how do we negotiate? And everything's in negotiation now. And it's like herding cats. Um, there's a concept called MBWA, managing by walking around, where a manager could stop by someone's desk and say, hey, how's your day going? Or pop into my office and let's chat for a minute. You can't do that when people are home or you don't even know where they are. They could be in a Starbucks. They could be anywhere. So what's the equivalent of that? How do we build culture? How do we build teams and collaboration in this world of complexity where things are everything's all over the place? So that's one of the biggest challenges. And that's one of the things that are, is keeping leaders up at night is what do I do now? Because, you know, when you have everything, especially if you're, you're a control freak, you mm -hmm. got to let things go, certain things go and empower people. And, um, 
everything's changed. Like nothing is the same. So that's where a lot of people feel lost. And that's what keeps them up at night is they don't know how to navigate and negotiate this new reality. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a two way street. The, the uh, there's a loss for sure on the, the managers, the management end of things, right. Of like, you know, Hey, everything's so different. How do mm-hmm. I, na- how do I do what I used to do in these new uh, you know, in this new environment, but then it's also on the other side, too, as you said, you know, if you're, you've been an employee or, you know, you have a different situation and you want to negotiate, as you mentioned in your example, I don't want to actually come into the office yeah. five days a week. Right. So so both both sides are going to really be uh, really need to be communicating in a way that conveys the message as, as powerfully as possible. So mm-hmm. tell us then about visual leadership and how, what, what that really is and how that helps us. Yeah, so the idea behind visual leadership, I used to work in advertising, and then I worked in the TV industry for a number of years working for Michael Nesmith of the Monkees, which baby boomers know, millennials have no idea who he is. I worked in casting at Columbia Pictures, comedy at Disney, and drama at CBS. So all those years of working in the TV industry kind of laid the foundation for my mindset of storytelling and the fact that we're all the heroes in our own life story. And um Stories have beginnings, middles, and ends. There are villains, victims, and heroes. There's, an ob- there's a quest or a goal, and then there's an obstacle or barrier that stands in your way. So the concept of storytelling, when I eventually moved back to New York after 10 years in Hollywood and got into executive coaching and management leadership training, that was th- my mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the um, methodologies of visual leadership in my book and my TED Talk is called The Power of Visual Thinking. It's all about how do you get people to see what you're saying? How do you get an idea out of your head into someone else's? So if you, let's say you're a leader, you have a vision, a picture of a, a future state that's different from and better than the you know, current reality. How do we get that picture out of our mind's eye and into the mind's eye of our followers so that they become leaders and help you to make that, that vision a reality? If you can't do that, if you can't communicate and articulate in a compelling way that vision in your head, then it's just going to die on the vine, right? So yeah, yeah. that's what it, visual leadership is all about. It's about bringing that picture in your head to life and helping to make it real. Yeah. And it makes me think of the phrase, a picture's worth a thousand words, yes, right? And yes. so in this in this instance where you're talking about a vision that you have, you don't have a tangible picture. Yeah. So you you need to rely on your words even more important, you know, more more heavily yeah, to yeah. convey that vision. So so tell us how how do we use this idea of visual leadership then to do that? Yeah. So, and also related to that, it's like if you have a dream, you wake up with, you know, having a dream, you had a picture. It was like you woke up with some story in your head and it could be a fear. It could be a, it could be a hope or a dream, uh, a vision of the future. So it's like, what does that mean? So looking at dreams are, are visual thinking, um, picturing what, tomorrow looks like or a year from now look like is about using visual thinking. So I break it down into four categories in a very practical way. It's about using visual imagery and or drawing or pictures or props, using uh, mental models or frameworks, using metaphor and analogy, using storytelling and humor. So those are my four buckets and they're, um, they're, they're overlapping. So they're not in silos. So for example, if I want to show you how to get to my apartment on the Upper East Side from Times Square, on a subway map, I could, if you see the map and I say, take the yellow line, so that's color coding as part of visual thinking, and take the Q train, that's the yellow line from Times Square up to the Upper East Side, you could picture it in your head, in your mind's eye, and say, okay, I see where I am, and I see, I see point A, and I can see point B, that mm-hmm. will help me navigate. So that's a real tangible physical example, but what if it's like, here's where we are as a business, as a company, and here's where we want to be a year from now, how do you paint that picture? 
right? How do you create, what does that new reality look like? You could spend all this time coming up with a company mission statement, vision statement, and core values, but what does that quote look like in terms of behaviors and real life and what's the impact gonna be? So these are some real life examples uh, using a map, a storyboard, a mind map, coming up with visual imagery, um, symbols. Uh, so there's all kinds of ways of using visuals, even our body language and facial expression communicate. Uh, thoughts and, and ideas. So there's just a few ways that we already use visual thinking and visual communication, but if you're aware of it, then you could be a more visual leader because you could do it more intentionally and more effectively. Yeah. So let's say we have uh, a CEO who is about to tell their, uh, their employees that have been, um, you know, working from home, if you will, mm -hmm if they were about to tell them that they have to come back into the office now, mm -hmm. right? And let's say the CEO uh, who isn't aware of visual leadership might say something like, uh, look, you know, the pandemic uh, is behind us. We've all gotten used to living with COVID now. It's just what we have to do. So we're going to go back to uh, having you all into the office. Mm -hmm. There's no element of anything that you just talked about in that statement, mm -hmm. right? So can you give a couple of ideas of how we could integrate those four buckets that you talked about into that, into, uh, you know, for the person who has to deliver a, a message to that effect? Yeah, Dale Carnegie, who wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People way back in 1936, said that the only way to get people to do something is to get them to want to do something, right? You could get, you could get compliance but you're not getting cooperation and commitment unless you influence people and get their buy-in. So a leader that just says, all right, starting Monday, everyone's back in the office. You can see a lot of your people walk out the door in this market and go across the street to a competitor and just say, I'm, I'm not coming in. Or a leader who says, all right, everyone in the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but you can work from home on Monday, Friday. Even them, then someone may say, well, I can't do Wednesdays. I have a childcare issue or I have, you know, whatever. So every, that's why it's like, you're not motivating, inspiring. One of the things I always say is a lot of people, leaders say, here's why, here's our productivity numbers and here's how we need to get them to this point or increase, you know, if everyone's back in the office, they'll increase our productivity by 30%. It's like, who, who cares, right? So I think the leader needs to paint a picture of a future that, or a reason why, like what are the benefits of coming to the office? Camaraderie and reconnecting with your coworkers. And there's something called proximity bias. Those who are seen more uh, and closer to leadership uh, have more visibility and, and may get better assignments or whatever. Um, I always talk about three Vs, visibility, voice, and value. Visibility is about how you, if you were seen and how you were seen. Voice is about if you are heard and how you are heard. And value is about the extent to which you're perceived as making a contribution. So whether you're working from home virtually or you're in the office, you need to think about, am I seen, am I heard, and am I contributing? So mm -hmm. what, no matter, so if you're on, if you're working from home, how could you do that? How could I connect with the boss and be seen and get credit for my work if I'm not there in person, right? right. So we all need to think about that. And leaders need to realize too, leaders need to, what I, I call it flipping the eye, on the cover of my book is a rainbow colored eye that represents the fact that just as no one in the world has this rainbow colored eye, no one in the world sees the world through the same lens that you do. Yeah, so I can see your book behind you, yes, but I can't yes. I can't see the actual eye. But I've seen that. Obviously, I've seen the book yeah. in person, but it's yeah. a beautiful cover. Yeah, thank, thank you. So the rainbow eye represents diversity of thought and, and seeing things from different perspectives. And what we need to do is flip the eye, look internally at our own biases and assumptions and realize that other people don't see the world the, the same way we do. So we need to look at things from the 
leaders need to look at things from the point of view of their people and say, how might this person be experiencing things? How might this person be seeing the problem? And some of the leaders just see things through tunnel vision from their own perspective. So if we think of that manager who has to give that make that announcement, you know, probably over a Zoom call if yeah. everybody's working from home. Or an email, just saying email, everyone back to the office starting Monday, Yeah, and hopefully, right? hopefully we're not at that level, yeah. right? That would be, whew. I've seen um, it happen. I've seen it all happen. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, so imagine if we, if the person were to integrate what you were just saying and they say, listen, you know, I have some news that uh, may, you know, will land on all of you differently. Some of you may feel a little, you know, beat in your heart uh, in a positive way because you're excited. Some of you may feel butterflies in your, yeah. you know, your stomach or a pang. And then that is kind of like connecting with them, acknowledging where those people might be at and, and whatever. And yeah. uh, as you said, if you don't know where people are at, it's kind of uh, harder to bring them along with you. Um, so I could see, you know, integrating those kinds of things in there. Yeah. Yeah. And even the use of metaphor, for example, you just use butterflies in your stomach, right? It's not literal butterflies, right? It's that fluttering feeling that we get in our stomach. So that's just, I just want to highlight that because we use just as an example, because we were just talking about the four different ways, one of which was metaphors. So the metaphors and analogies we use help bring something to life and help to connect people. So, um, so managers need to use all of these different tools to try to inspire people. So they could paint a picture of what it will like, be like back in the office. They could use a metaphor or analogy. They could tell a story about how and why being, remember those times that we used to like just all gather in the break room afterwards and, and, and have cake for someone's birthday. Yeah. Think about all the birthdays we've missed over the last couple of years. And so if everyone's in on, on Wednesday afternoons, we're going to celebrate all the birthdays for the month on Wednesday. So if we can get everyone in the office and then wouldn't you want your birthday celebrated? And you know, right. so just, right. again, it's not manipulative. That's the key thing too. It can't be it can't be manipulative or trickery. It's got to be genuine and sincere. And just yeah. to say, hey, I miss your smiling faces. I miss connecting on a human level in person. So if we could pick certain days and maybe do a, a poll and see which days work best for people. If everyone had to be in the office one day a month for you know, a town hall or whatever, let's find a day that works for the most people. So again, if you show empathy and compassion, then people are more likely to say, okay, they actually care about me. They're not just ordering me around. So yeah. that's the key point is, again, you want to paint this picture of, What's the what's in it for me benefit for doing that? And again, you'll get that that commitment and cooperation as opposed to just uh, compliance. And people will say, I get to go into the office, not I have to go into the office. I love that reframing from I have to do something to I get to do something. I do. I I do too. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as you're talking about um, if we can get to the point of, um, of, of integrating things like visual leadership into the way every person in the, the company communicates, then you really do get a cultural shift then, because yeah. if everybody is taking into account how others will receive a message, you know, taking into account how, um, how they can paint the message in ways to help people really see it and mm-hmm. really uh, appreciate it, then that becomes, as you said, part of the culture. And, and, and when you build that positive culture, that's how you really affect great change and, and keep your company going, despite yes. whatever changes the world may be throwing at you. Yeah, it's been a crazy past couple of years. So it's like anything oh. that could create some, you know, people looking for community and camaraderie and connection 
Um, and you know, so we need to figure out what's a, a good way to do that that accommodates the most people in the best way. Absolutely, like you said earlier, with with the hyper. Uh, did you say vacu? Vuca, vuca, vuca. That was hyper vuca, hyper vuca. Yeah, with yeah. with a hype in a hyper vuca state, we need to really do everything we can to, um, you know, counter that and. Yes. and you know, keep, and, and that's how we end up with success. So, all right. Awesome, Todd. I appreciate it. Sure. Let me ask you the two questions I like to ask guests as we conclude an interview. The first one is given everything that, you know, and, and you really do have an incredibly uh, wide range of experiences, your background and your background, which is awesome. Uh, what do you think would be uh, the message that you would want to put on a billboard to that to really get across to people. And remember with a billboard, it's a relatively small piece of real estate and people drive by pretty quickly. Yeah, you're speaking my language. So as <laughs> soon as you said billboard, I was picturing a PowerPoint slide. I have a PowerPoint slide that would make a great billboard and it's, a, it's clouds on a blue sky on a, on a sunny day. And it says, if you, uh, if you could see the invisible, you can do the impossible. And I think that Ooh. would be a great billboard. And oh a great my message to leave people God, with. that is incredible. If you can see the impossible, uh, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. And then last question for you is uh, how would people connect with you and, and tell us how we can find your book too, because it is an incredible resource and sure, really thanks. well done. Thank you, Tara. Yeah, uh, just go to my website, uh, Todd Church. I have two websites. My company website is bigbluegumball.com, but my main website is Todd Churches at C-H-E-R-C-H-E-S, toddchurches.com. There people can watch my TED Talk, which is on my homepage, learn more about my book, and also find out more about visual thinking, visual leadership, what it's all about. Also, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I live on LinkedIn. So just uh, say you saw me on Tara's show and connect with me and we'll continue the conversation. And then my book's available uh, on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. So, uh, yes. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for sharing all your goodness with us today, Todd. My pleasure. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.